your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 462 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of our nation's capital in Ottawa, Ontario, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. And in a world of postponements, we've got a big one. The World Juniors over after three days. Disappointing for fans, coaches, and players alike. Disappointing all around, Ross. And uh, especially with no Senators hockey, that was something that was keeping us going. But... We're going to have to wait till seems like they're saying the summer might be a possible opportunity to redo the tournament. So that's something to look forward to, at least. And as far as we know, Belleville is playing tonight up against the Toronto Marlies. We haven't heard any cancellations yet. So that's something to look forward to. And Ross, 2021, it's a wrap. So we're going to take a look at how the Senators fared in this year. We're not only going to look at the team, but the top scorers. We've got a list. Who do you think led the Sens in points? It's pretty close. Race at the top. We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day. Today is Thursday, December 30th, and Pilsy, congratulations to Team Canada on winning gold at the World Juniors, according to me. I mean, uncontested, like you, you can't really argue that. They definitely were uh, champions there, and you got to hand it to them, a great tournament for them. It's so unfortunate that that got canceled. I mean, of course, health and safety comes ab- of, above all, but we discussed it the other day. I had boots on the ground, and they told me, like, there's no bubble yeah. They've got people having weddings in the Red Deer Hotel. Who's having a ho- who's having a hotel wedding in Red Deer in December? December, yeah. Jeez. Over Christmas. That is wild, yeah. Especially when World Juniors are going on. Don't get married. Sit at home and watch the games on the couch like everyone else. Or go to the games and pro- follow proper guidelines. Don't have your wedding reception in the same hotel. I mean... Look, we uh, we're joking, but we can't really blame those people. You gotta blame the IIHF here. Like, tough it's week for the IIHF. Real tough, real tough. Well, hey, what goes around comes around, though. I feel like they kind of deserve this backlash. And the Finnish head coach said it the best: this wasn't a COVID problem. This was an organization problem. Like the problem was with the way the tournament was run. Like maybe you don't do a full complete bubble like they did before because that's that's a big undertaking but at least have the players staying in a protected area and having them have only a clear path to get from the hotel to the rink without coming in contact with wedding receptions business meetings and bachelorette parties who knows right like so really i think that was the most disappointing thing for me like we talked about ross i was confused when you said oh no it's not actually a full bubble at the hotels like what why not yeah and you look at it from a further lens that they were able to complete the NHL playoffs in that bubble in Edmonton. They were able to complete the World Juniors in that bubble last year, both before vaccines were a part of our lives. Yes, so the yeah. fact that now, and yes, cases are spiking, all that, but 
this is just a stain on the double IHF, and it's not even their worst mistake this week. The cancellation, rather than postponement of the women's under-18s, is really the st- straw that stirred the drink of the backlash that began to come the double IHF's way. And then for them to go out and be like, we need to reschedule this tournament, for them to say that right after the cancellation, it's just a, an absolute brutal look for the double IHF today. So we'll see what happens next. You mentioned the summer as a possibility. They said... Any player who was eligible this past week will still be eligible. We know guys age out pretty quickly from a 19-year-old tournament. Jake Sanderson, I got to think he's already an NHLer by then, but if he wants to play, sure. I'm I'm sure it, it just sucks for everyone. And you mentioned the Finnish coach's scathing review of the IIHF. Team USA's coach, Nate Lehman, responded to that tweet saying, yeah, ditto, like same remarks here. So you're hearing that from two well-respected coaches in the tournament. So really just super unfortunate because especially, not especially, sorry, but even from a sense perspective, like Levy Marilina had such a great first game. You wanted to see more of him. Jarventi had only gotten his feet wet out of the COVID protocol. Like how much does that suck for Roby? He's yeah. in quarantine. When he gets there, he gets out, he plays one game and then... There you go. You missed Christmas with the family and all that. So really unfortunate for everyone involved. And I read a, a really interesting thread. I'll tweet it out from my account at Ross Levitan where they talk about the advertising dollars and all the make goods that Bell Media is going to have to do. It is, uh, it's is—it's very interesting, at least if you like the behind baseball or inside baseball style um, insight. But while we're here, we may as well pull up the final World Junior um, scoring leaders for Sens prospects. One point <laughs> combined here. Ridley Gregg had a secondary assist, so stick taps all around. But in all seriousness, you didn't get to see much of Jake Sanderson, Tyler Clevin. That was really unfortunate, just getting the one game before they had two COVID tests positive. Now, this te- this whole tournament was canceled on four positive COVID test, but also um, a lot of behind the scenes folks saying that the officials were heavily affected by COVID. So maybe that was a, a major dri- driving factor because you got to think they had all these players come from all around the world, yeah. from Slovakia, the Czech Republic, Germany, Austria, and the like, and they only got to play one game. So they must have known this was only going to get worse before it got better. Right? Like, there's no way they would have just pulled the plug that quickly based on all the infrastructure and everything that went into planning this tournament. Well, and that's just the thing, right? I think you take a look at uh, all the leagues around the world right now, and the spread is much faster than before. Sure, people are vaccinated, and it's not as uh, dangerous, hopefully. But um, the, the spread is the real issue here, right? Like, it's so hard to contain. And when you have that many people in not a contained environment, that just amplifies it, right? So I think they just saw things really adding up here and the writing was on the wall and they said, we we got to quit while we're ahead here in the sense of COVID cases and just shut the whole thing down, which is really disappointing. But I don't like, that's just the way things are going. Like there's not much really we can say about it. I think for me, Ross, the interesting part here is how different are these teams going to look in the summer? Like, yeah, exactly. Well, they, could, could Timmy play? He was eligible for this tournament. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. That's it. But where my mind went, Ross, is Tyler Boucher, right? Like now he's getting a chance to play for the Ottawa 67s. He's going to get a lot more game. Well, eventually he's going to play for Ottawa 67s. He's with Belleville now as a paper transaction. But he's going to get a chance to play a lot more games. He's going to have a big role on a struggling team. And 
that could maybe boost his stock here. Like that, I, I feel like it's a bit of a far shot, like a long shot, but that's something we can keep our eye on here and have a little hope. I'm just trying to find some silver linings, Ross. You know how uh, how we do it on the show. We try to sprinkle a little positivity here because there's a whole lot of negativity here. So that's something we can kind of hold on to. I would love to transition into a little more positive space as we discussed Tyler Boucher and we did in great depth on what Monday, sorry, days of the week this time of year are such a toss up for me. Two episodes ago, when Tyler Boucher signed, we dove into that topic heavily on Locked On Senders. So you can download that wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. We appreciate if you subscribe, hit us with the thumbs up. And if you want to be a Send Central citizen, we had a great one yesterday with Kurt Watkins, and we're getting a few requests. So keep those coming in. We're keeping oh, yeah. a list, and every week we're going to try to nail one off, one off. And uh, I wish I could have met some Send Central citizens at the game on Friday. Unfortunately, that's postponed, which means the Ottawa Senators are done for the year 2021. And we'll get into what their year looked like. We've got a graphic with their top six scores. And how did the goalies fare? Goalie-friendly show. we got to get into that. But Pilsy, I got another postponement for you. Sends practice today. Not even postponed. Cancelled. Precautionary reasons. Deep breath. Oh, but... I'm worried. Yeah, I mean that's concerning. Like they they've been practicing uh, quite a bit. Yeah, the last four days straight, and that kind of gave you some some good uh, feelings. Like okay, they're at least all together. Uh, they're working on things. They're getting ready for games. And now with practice being canceled, that kind of puts things back into a negative light here. And knock on wood, but the Ottawa Senators right now, I don't believe have anyone in covid protocol after dj smith and video after coach gus mike king and, and gus came out yesterday yeah. eric branch from off of the injured reserve he's been practicing as the seventh defenseman so he seems like he's good to go and by all accounts that game on january 1st it's so weird because both the leafs and senators have had games postponed on either side of that but that game's meant to go on January 1st, so we'll see right now. Yeah, I don't. maybe it's just um, a matter of the schedule maker being kind of maxed out. You know, he's like, all right, we did as many games as we can. Like, I got no more time and space to put any more games. We have to start playing these. Or it's just a matter of uh, the league being like, we can't. Because right now, other games are going on. So they can't six last night. That's the thing. Like they can't let all these teams get too far behind. Otherwise we're going to have uh Vancouver Calgary playing reg- yes. meaningless regular season games with round one of the playoffs going on. So I think that might be a part of it too, is you can only push so much down. Like uh, Ross, I'm a big fan of procrastinating and pushing problems down the road for future Brandon to deal with. But eventually that catches up with you. Yes, it certainly does. And eventually We'll figure this out. And I think that's a great place to leave this postponement conversation because we got a lot of fun topics yeah, to get into. Let's postpone this conversation for later, Ross. As of right now, the Belleville Senators have a game to play tonight. So we'll take a peek into that. And I mentioned the year in review for the Ottawa Senators. Before we get to that, a word from one of our favorite sponsors. It's Primal Origin Oils. You see Pilsy and I got the beards going. Well, how do we keep it so smooth and clean? That's Primal Origin Oils. If you got beard, you got to get Primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get Primal. Maybe you're a guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Well, Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Primal Origin Oils will, will do it. 
because their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. Their products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients with low impact on our planet. You got to check them out for yourself at primaloriginoils.com and learn more yourself about their full line of beard care products. And when you do, use the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on for a 20% discount at checkout. The combo kits make great holiday gifts. And yes, Christmas is technically over, but don't you want to treat yourself in January? It's cold, the nights are long. And if you have Primal Origin Oil, at least your face will feel great and clean. We know that every company claims to be the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel in beard to other companies you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Just remember the code locked on gets you a 20% discount at primaloriginoils.com. So use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off. It's primaloriginoils.com. All right, Pillsy. It's the year in review for our Ottawa Senators. What is your overall impression of what you've seen over a span? The Senators played 84 games. So despite postponements and shortened seasons, 82 is a regular season. They play 84. Your impressions on what saw not enough wins. (laughs) This, like the year of 2021 for the Ottawa Senators, I think, has been the biggest roller coaster ride of our podcasting career, Ross. Because before, when we started, it was all up, right? It was that was 2017. The playoff run was kicking. It was all good times, full steam ahead. Then it was just all down. Like there, after that, there was no rises. It was just we're we're going down this uh, this track real fast. But 2021 comes, starts terrible, kind of gets a little better. And then at the end of the season, it's incredible. And then this season starts, starts terrible, gets a little better. And then at the end, it's incredible again. So the ups and downs have been just insane. And I think that's exciting if you're a Sens fan because you can kind of take a look at it, like taking a step back, being like, sure, the record's not great. But there was pockets of uh, of time there where the Sens were doing exactly what all of us kind of thought. And they were meeting expectations of where this team should be at in small stretches. But they just weren't able to do that consistently. Either they're losing all the time or they've got some good winning streaks going. So for me, I think the process is really starting to be there. I think uh, if this team can stay healthy and they can put the guys in the right positions to succeed – the blueprints of a contending team are here. It's just going to take time to fill out the rest of the pieces. So the Ottawa Senators finished the 2021 calendar year with a record of 32 wins, 45 losses, and 7 OT losses. 71 points leave them 29th in the NHL, ahead of Arizona, Buffalo, and Seattle. Although Seattle uh-huh. has only played uh, 31 <laughs> games. However, if you sort it by points percentage... The Sens actually move up a spot. They're 28th in points percentage ahead of the New Jersey Devils, Arizona Coyotes, Seattle Kraken, and Buffalo Sabres. So, I thought Detroit would have been down there. Moving on up. No, Detroit is in 25th. So between Detroit wow. and Ottawa are Columbus and Montreal. Mm. Wow. Montreal, 88 games played. They've got a 438 points percentage, but still made it to the Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup Finals. Finals. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I was I tweeted out the other day. So such a shame that Shane Pinto has been injured because Cole Caulfield, whew, 
cold Caulfield, not goal. He's been cold. I think he's got one goal all year, and it's uh, not looking good for uh, the people in my replies from my infamous tweet saying <laughs> that Shane Pinto will have a better career than Cole Caulfield. Anyway, stay tuned to Locked On Habs for that. We're Locked On yeah. Senators, and in the 2021 season, there's lots of numbers on this graphic, but bear with us. The Ottawa Senators 2021 scoring leaders now, what's the biggest surprise to you there? And just for people who are listening, the top six scorers on this Ottawa Senators team, Drake Batherson with 62 points, Brady Kachuk at 58, Josh Norris, 57, Connor Brown, 52, Thomas Shabbat, 48, and Tim Stutzla with 44. I don't, it's not really a surprise, but it's something that always amazes me, Ross, and it's nice to revisit, but we got to give stick taps to Brady Kachuk for having... 300 shots on goal combined with 348 hits. Like I know, I know everyone talked about it. And if that season would have continued, he would have broken that record and it was a big deal. But I think we've kind of forgotten about that recently. Like seeing those numbers up there, like he's blowing all these other guys out of the water. Like no, no one is even within a hundred shots on goal of him on this team. And no one's within 200 hits on this uh, on this list, I should say this list, not the team. So, like well, for him, do you, do you want to hear where he ranks in shots on goal in the entire National Hockey League? Got to be top five. He's fourth. Nice, yeah. Pilsy nailing that. Uh, the only players with more shots on goal than Brady Kachuk. Bear with me here. Austin Matthews, OV. Alex Ovechkin, and Connor McDavid. Is that decent <laughs> company to keep? Yeah. That's- and the guys behind him are Kyle Connor, David Pasternak, uh, and Patrick Kane. So, I mean, you are right in there with the elite of the elite. And and that's the thing. Like, that's why I think it needs to be noted because, Ross, and I'm not going to make you do this on the fly, but where are those players in hits in that um, Not even close. I did well, Ovi just actually up. might be in that stratosphere, but all the other mm. guys, not even close. No, not even. I'm scrolling down. I'm all the way at uh, top 50, and he's yeah. nowhere to be seen there. Brady Kachuk, second in hits, right Revo. behind the caveman. Nope. Oh. The caveman. The caveman. I mean, Revo Gudis. missed 20 games. So Radko yes. Gudis, 371 hits for Radko Gudis. Um, Rady Kachuk with 348. Those are the only two with more than 300. No yeah. one else had 300. So Incredible. you're just looking at a guy who knows what he brings to the table and dominates in that facet. Now, to me, the most interesting, we had that great segment on TSN the other day, the Drake and Josh show. Well, Drake Batherson has five more points than Josh Norris. Josh Norris has five more goals than Drake Batherson. And how many of those Drake Batherson assists are on Josh Norris goals as well? But if you look a little further, no, that's not a typo. They both have exactly 172 shots on goal. And they've both played, on average, 17 minutes and 17 seconds. Down to the second, they average the same amount of ice time per game. Talk about attached at the hip. Yeah, I mean, you would assume that they would be close, but like dead on even in both those categories is absolutely wild. And and especially for like a guy like Drake, who's not a shoot first player, good on him for getting that many pucks to the net and uh, and then being able to assist on so many Josh Norris's goals. You got to love that. You certainly do. Now, when we look at Thomas Shabbat, I think he's a real interesting case study here because only seven goals. And yeah, he's a defenseman. We're definitely not basing our judgment on his goal output. But in his last couple seasons, he was up in double digits. And now we're looking at a situation where he only has one this year. It was a complete highlight real goal in Tampa the other week. But 
48 points. Like this is still, a, a, again, you don't want to see so many minuses here as much as plus minus. Maybe doesn't matter. Everyone in their top six scores a way minus. Uh, but still, 195 shots for Thomas Shabbat. Like that's up there. That's a tie for 12th among all NHL defensemen over that time period. He's tied with Chris Letang and Aaron Ekblad. So this guy, he's an elite number one defenseman. I don't think there's any other way of looking at it. Yeah, it's just interesting that more of those aren't going in for him, I guess. But like, I think what I chalk it up to is, and we've talked about this before, is Thomas Shabbat's responsibilities defensively have been ramped up. And I think he's really kind of realized that he's going to have to do a lot more defensively than he was doing offensively to carry this team to where they want and kind of shoulder some of that offense, uh, uh, offensive responsibility to the forwards, delegated a little bit more than he was used to. And I think a lot of his shots are just kind of like wristers at the net, hoping to create chaos. Like, I don't think he's trying to score on a lot of his shots. It's just get the puck to the net and see what happens. And um, But it is surprising that he hasn't got a little bit more puck luck and deflections going in for him. And when we look at Connor Brown, he was the league leader last year in in shorthanded goals so if we look at it through the calendar year which is what we're doing right now Connor Brown is tied with Brad Marchand for second Mm -hmm. only behind Cam Atkinson in shorthanded goals they each have five Atkinson has six so I thought that was a little feather in Connor Brown's cap because he's he's the not odd man out but he's the surprise addition here in the top six scores right like you've got your first power play unit and then maybe you'd think Connor Brown would come in at six, but no, his his 20-plus goal season last year really accelerated him in. He's got the highest minus or lowest minus, best plus <laughs> minus, whatever you want to say here. Minus. Yeah. So, and I was also surprised he's the only one here with under 85 hits, right? Like Connor Brown is yeah. uh, he's more just using his stick to take pucks away. He's not relying on on using his body. But what a great pickup. Like if you see it in just a regular 82-game season, he's played 80 of those games. Remember, he's never missed a game due to injury. It's yeah, only because only he was COVID. put in COVID protocol. So he played 80 out of the Sens, 84 games. And we got to give stick taps, too, to Josh Norris, playing in all 84 games, circumstances included. That's a huge, huge feather in his cap. 31 goals leading the team in that span. But back to Connor Brown, 25 goals, 52 points. Like That's a great season, no matter yeah. how you slice it. For a guy making 3.6, He's got to be on one of the best bargains in the NHL here outside of entry level. Yeah, definitely. He, I mean, Drake at the top of the list, you could argue. Of course. As, but yeah, that's uh, that's off a new contract this season. But uh, Connor Brown, yeah, an amazing pickup. And he's not like the others here because the others are all young superstars figuring their way into the league. Whereas Connor, well... I guess I would say Brady's figured out uh, his path in the league. That's definitely fair. And probably Shabbat too. But the other guy is still kind of working on it. And Connor Brown, he's a stable veteran that is able to score shorthanded. He's able to provide some stability to that right wing side. And he's been such a good pickup. Like that trade was so crucial. I know it anchors Zaitsev with you, but Zaitsev has kind of been needed on this team as well. Not as much as Connor Brown, but it's worked out in my opinion. And the fact that they locked up Connor Brown to that deal was just great. I'm ex- I'm curious, I should say, to see what Connor Brown's next contract will look like. I'm sure people will be calling for him at the deadline. Like, hey, what can we do to get this kid off your hands? But I think the Senators would be best kept 
having him on the right side in a future where you're still looking for a top six guy because I know I've gotten in trouble saying this before, but I think in a perfect world, Connor Brown's your, your stud third line right winger who can kill penalties with the best of them and, you know, play more of a defensive role because yep. if you insulate him, like think about when the Sens were at their peak, their right wing depth was Alfredson, Hosa, and Havlat. Now I'm not saying that you need to be <laughs> that deep at right wing. We saw ultimately they end up moving Hosa uh, and Havlat. And that was a brutal trade. Uh, no disrespect to Tom Pricing. But if you look at what you can do with more depth rather than people saying, oh, well, he's good enough. Well, if he's good enough to be a second line, why not have him excel in a third line role, which would be pref- preferred for me. It's going to be super curious to see what happens when Colin White, when Shane Pinto get back from injury because other guys have found their spots on the depth chart when we look at Tim Stutzla at center and the like of them. So where does that place these other guys? And when are we going to move on from Chris Tierney? When are we going to see other uh, decisions made here? And another decision has to be made in the crease here eventually. Now, Matt Murray recalled from Belleville. More happenstance than anything. Nothing yes. really they could do there with uh, both Philip Gustafson and Anton Forsberg on the COVID protocol. Asterisk there because Philip Gustafson was removed yesterday. Back at practice, his second time with COVID, he gave the middle finger to COVID on his Instagram story. I thought that was classic. <laughs> From Gus. But when we look at the year in review, Matt Murray, 33 games, 10 wins in 33 games. Let's get more into goalies and finish off with a little Belleville Senators talk after Pilsy. You got a word from our friends at Bet Online, don't you? Oh, yeah. With sports coming back here, Bet Online is giving you a chance to get off the sidelines and get into the action. And since you're a loyal listener of the Locked On Senators podcast, we're hooking you guys up with the promo code to get a little extra cash to get started. Go to betonline.ag today and use our promo code locked on when you make a free account at betonline.ag. So how that works is you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up. You put 100 bucks in, bingo, bango, bongo, you're going to get $50 in free play money. Now, you can use that in any way you want. I would suggest personally staying clear of some parlays to start. They're a little bit tricky in my experience. So Bet some money lines, bet some puck lines, some reverse puck lines. How about some over-unders, props, uh, anytime goal scores, Drake Batherson to hit three points in one night. Those are all <laughs> options that you can do on betonline.ag. So check it out today, guys. It's the trusted sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pilsy. So it's a 2021 year in review, and tomorrow we're going to get into some of our favorite moments from 2021. So stay tuned for that tomorrow on Locked On Senders, wherever you download your podcast, including, yes, on YouTube. This is a great episode if you haven't checked this out on YouTube because we've got the graphics in front. You can see all the stats and get our same analysis that you get if you're listening in the car, at work, wherever you are. But please, Mix in a subscription on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button. It goes a long way. I was just reading Ian Mendes' article. He's got some great moments from this past year. You think of the hat trick celebration for Tim Stutzla and how welcoming a moment was at the times that we were in there. There's just a lot. And we're going to put our brains together here and figure out a proper list. So stay tuned for that. We'll do it in power ranking style tomorrow, Pilsy. So Ian's we'll get- list not proper enough for you, Ross? No, it's proper, but <laughs> I want to think of a few original ones too because we don't want to just He hit some good Ian's ones, work. so yeah. Of course he does. That's what Ian does. He's a legend. And happy belated birthday 
yes. Ian, uh, Ian Mendez, I think it was the 28th. So uh, a true friend of the show. We're going to have him on sooner rather than later and, and get his opinion on where the Sens are at. But it's more trivia. I, 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 we have to when Ian's on the show. But as uh, as we were going through the Senators scoring leaders in 2021, my question before we turn our attention to the goalies, we'll finish off with a little Belleville Sens talk because, wow, they have not played a game in a long time. Who do you think leads the Senators in scoring in the calendar year of 2022, Pilsy? Ooh, I like that. Because um, it's not trivia, it's opinion. Exactly, yeah. That's why, I like, that's why I like it. Although my opinion has been pretty terrible before too, so we're, we're taking a gamble either way here. I, I, I got to go Drake Batherson though. Like to be kind of the, like Brady's the brute force of that line, right? Norris is the pucks on net, shoot first center. And then Drake, he does all the rest. Like he sets everything up. So like anytime Josh Norris scores, Drake's right there with an assist. So the points race is going to be pretty close as we saw uh, with them already. So I'm I'm going with Drake Batherson just because I think he's able to do so much. He's able to score at such a pace with that shot he has. But then the assists he's able to make, like this guy's dishing out apples like no tomorrow. So like I really think it's probably going to be Drake Batherson here. I know. And I I would love to to go somewhere else. I will. You know what? Just for fun. I will. I'm going to say Brady Kachuk. I think that okay. he's an all-situations guy. He's going to get his cookies around the net, and you know where to find him. There's no surprise. And remember, he missed a couple games here too. So when we're looking at the way that we're breaking this down, although so did Drake Batherson. Like that kid is a complete stud. But Brady Kachuk, he scores goals. He hits. He does everything. So I'm going to go Brady Kachuk more or less just to be different. The thing is, the top three scorers all play on the same line. So pick your poison. And the same power play. like Yeah, exactly. And Drake's the playmaker of the bunch. So exactly. he's the guy who's yep. going to get those extra cookies. Um, but they're all primary assists on Josh Norris's goals. I'm forgetting the count right now. I want to say it's nine primary assists, 10 total assists on Josh Norris's 14 goals this year. It's just truly remarkable to see the chemistry that those two have built from their days in Belleville and beyond. Okay, time to get to the tendies here. Matt Murray, I mentioned 33 games. He led the way. Anton Forsberg played 21, and Philip Gustin played 20. So those two, very comparable. Whereas Matt Murray, disappointing by all accounts, an 892 save percentage, a 335 goals against average, worse of the three of them by a mile on all of them. What do you need to see next year for him to get at least a little bit of confidence and get on a bit of a roll? Well, I mean, this is a common theme, Ross, but it's consistency, right? Like we've seen Matt Murray at his worst and we've seen him at his best, but we've never seen a blend of both of those. It's, you know, there hasn't been many just average games for Matt Murray. So I think his health is the biggest concern and I don't see it getting any better with age and as uh, his body takes wear and tear, but also what I want to remind people too is we're looking at a 33 game sample size here. That's not even a full kind of regular amount of games played for a starting goalie in a year. So it's still a smaller sample size. And a lot of those games for Matt Murray were when Ottawa were at their absolute worst. Now, did he help them in, in that time? No, he was a big reason why they were at their worst, but I think just, the sample size here, you need to take a step back and take with a bit of grain of salt. But 
he needs he needs to be better. Like he's a high paid goalie. He's got a lot of caliber behind him. Championship pedigree, two Stanley Cups already, and right now it's frankly not good enough. And he knows that. And he's doing whatever Ottawa is throwing at him to try to get better here. So I think if he can get some consistency, and I think we need to start approaching Matt Murray as being a 1B type goalie. Like, I don't think we can look at him as a true number one, and I don't even think we should be looking at him as a 1A type guy because I just don't think he can handle that workload with his health, and it's time for some of these young goalies to really take Not that they haven't. Like, Philip Gustafson, for his age, what he's been able to do so far is pretty impressive, but we're going to need a young goalie to take over because Matt Murray is not going to be the guy when his contract runs out or even while he's in his contract here. So I I just think everyone's approach to Murray needs to be changed. And his approach as well needed some fine tuning. And that's why he was in Belleville last month. Unfortunately, only getting in two games before a necessary recall to Ottawa under the circumstances that the team was in. Anton Forsberg, he's played some great games and he's had some brutal games, right? And that's kind of what you expect from a guy you pick up off of waivers, maybe even lesser to the point of the game against the Leafs where he was unbelievable in the season opener. You and I were in the crowd for that one. Beat the traffic, all that. You absolutely love it when you beat the Leafs at home. I think they won 17 in the last 20 against the Leafs at home. That's all right. But when Anton Forsberg's on his game, the Carolina game comes to mind as well. 49 saves, was it, in that game? Un, or 48, because yep. then he had 47. He beat it by one save to get his exactly. uh, record. He got the shutout against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like When he's on his game, he's so good. He's so compact. And what he does that Matt Murray doesn't do is his rebound control. Everything just hits him. It's like he's wearing Velcro on his jersey. It just sticks to it. And it's so easy to root for. But when he's off his game, he's off his angle. He plays too deep in his net and pucks go past him. That's something I want to see Matt Murray work on is challenging a little bit more. And if Matt Murray, these are the two things for me. If he can challenge a little bit more, I think he's going to take away a lot of space for these great shooters to find. Another one, I feel like a broken record, but he's got to catch pucks. He's really allowing too many rebounds off of pucks that could be just frozen. You get a whistle. And how many goals, Pilsy, are a result of poor defensive positioning based on long shifts? Well, if your goalie can cover the puck, You're able to get those quick whistles, quick shifts, keep the bench rolling, and get fresh legs out on the ice. So those are two things I want to see from Matt Murray in the year 2022 to get a little bit more under his belt. But who knows? I mean, the management team clearly is at their wits end to put him on waivers initially. So we'll see where that goes this summer because there's a few bio candidates for sure. And we'll touch on that a lot closer to that time of year. Okay, Pilsy, we mentioned the Belleville Senders. They're in action we think, against the Toronto Marlies tonight. Are you expecting to see a rusty team? Because they haven't played in a long time. They've been in quarantine. Got a few practices, but nothing can replicate that of a game. Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting game, Ross, because, I mean, on the flip side, the Marlies haven't played in a long time either, right? So I don't know what to expect from this game. However, it's a game. We A Senators team is playing real hockey and I'm excited for that. Although, I don't know about you guys or Ross, you, but my AHL TV has been uh, not so great. I think uh, they definitely could use two Belleville employees to help <laughs> uh, boost the product there. But it's not, every time I want to watch a Belleville game, the stream doesn't really work for me. So that's uh, Hot Seat Belleville production crew. we got to work on that, that's for sure. 
Yeah, so tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern, the Marlies are in Belleville, so it's a home game for the Belleville Senators, and actually their next three games are against the Marlies, so you got to yep. think that there's a, a strong likelihood that those three games happen. All bets are off when you get the border involved, but right now, Belleville will be in Toronto for two games, January 1st and January 3rd. I think your AHL TV will work well. I know the Marlies put on uh, a solid production there at uh, Rico Coliseum, so we'll see. I mean... I'm just really curious. And Michael Delzato, this guy's been in Belleville for like four weeks. Has he even played a game yet? No. I I don't think he's gotten into a game. That sucks. Although he's not paying escrow. So I think he's making more money in Belleville than he would in Ottawa. He's making his own money. Yeah, true. That's actually a good point. Yeah, but he needs to get some reps as well. It's so interesting when you look just at the numbers, right? Because if you're looking at points, I think he's second or third among Senators defensemen in points but you can't be the way he's been in his own zone and that's a spot on the roster that's better served for Eric Branstrom anyways yes. let's finish up with a little discussion on Branny like you mentioned it we need the Zub test for him mm-hmm. can you play well with Artem Zub and if so then you're in the money because you should be able to be a solid NHLer the way he's elevated guys like Mike Riley in the past and uh, why am I blanking who else is he elevated here well, I mean, Branstrom and then Nick Holden as there well. There you go. That's the third third name I was looking for was Nick Holden. Yeah, Branstrom at the end of last year. Those guys were money together. So let's hope and pray that DJ Smith sees it the same way. Although we won't find out today. Senders practice has been canceled. But we just got word that, uh, well, as you're listening to this, because we're recording just after 9 a.m. Eastern, is you will hear from Tyler Boucher. Ooh. He's going to have a uh, press press conference uh, over Zoom because he did test positive for COVID. He's stuck in the United States quarantining. I wonder if he's at Boston University. Probably not. He probably went home for the holidays. But imagine that. He's like, yeah, I'm leaving university, man. This isn't for me. And then uh, he's just stuck there for the next week and a half. Yeah, I don't, that's, that is interesting. I don't know where he'll be at. But uh, I'm excited to hear from him because I want to hear kind of a little well we'll see what we get from him i think uh as he, we he's know, pretty reserved he's, he's reserved. a very a very media groomed kid yeah that's we, for sure so he uh he was getting back to us we were chatting with him online uh, the other day i didn't want to ask him to come on the show though just yeah we'll we'll let him get his feet wet once he gets yeah, settled in settle. with the 67s yeah. we'll uh we'd love to have him back on we had a great conversation with him off air eh? like he's a great kid he's just very i think shy and and he's an 18 year old kid and I just don't like seeing fans getting on. I'm calling him a bust after six months. Get out of here with that. That's yeah. that's one way to be on the wrong side of history. So give these uh, give these kids a chance to grow, and I think the OHL is a great spot for him. So I'm just excited to see him running around and, and uh, making his impact right in front of the net. Apparently, all from what I've heard, he is the exact type of player that the 67s need to turn their yes. season around. So Dave Cameron's back from uh, from the World Juniors, of course, early. The 67s GM was Team Canada's GM. So all that to say, they know how to evaluate talent. They've been a great program for the better part of a century. Like, look at all the talent that's come out of the 67 system. I think Tyler Boucher might be the next of those. So go check out what Tyler has to say. And I would also recommend TSN 1200 head Brian Boucher on, who's been a guest on this show of course, you can go back to listen to our interview, but if you already have, check out what he said about Tyler choosing to leave school. I think you'll really appreciate this. It's an all-class family, and um, we're just wishing the best for him in, in uh, his move to the 67s and, of course, getting his health to 100% after a battle here with the corona virus. All right, Pilsy, I think that does it for us in our 2021 Year in Review Part 1 because tomorrow we're going to get into more stories. Today it was more stats-driven. 
But can you give us a little teaser? What was your second favorite send story of this 2021 year? We'll save number one for tomorrow. Okay, yeah, because my number one is um, is definitely up there. Uh, second favorite, <laughs> you? Though. Some would say it's right at the top. <laughs> the top, yeah, that could be debated. Um, I think I gotta go with, um, and th- this is a big one, but uh, the Timmy hat trick with the kids throwing the hats because you know what what weird times we're in, and you know he didn't get a normal first hat trick experience, and for the people in his neighborhood to to pull this off and might I add pull it off respectfully right like they respected his privacy they didn't they didn't uh, push things to the limit they planned things with Brady like everything was done right you know what I mean they didn't surprise him or anything like that so I think um it was a lot of fun it was fun for those kids too to get to do something too like that's that's why I like that one so much is it's a community moment it's not uh, a specific hockey moment or a CTC moment or a Tim Stutzler moment. That was a community moment that I think everyone really benefited from. My number two moment was the feeling of walking back into the CTC mm, after so far and so long away and seeing all the great friends, having some beers with Sens fans, just yes. seeing all the Sens jerseys all back in one place after, what was it, like 330 days between home games, give or take. Um, so to me, that was the number two moment so stay tuned for number one we'll get into that and if you have any of your own favorite senators moments put them in the comments right here and while you're writing your comment hit a thumbs up hit the subscription we do appreciate that a long way for today though we say goodbye the senators fingers crossed they're back on the practice ice tomorrow so we'll have that take live for you we'll also recap the belleville senators who are Supposed to be in action tonight. I do believe that game will go on. So Igor Sokolov will get back in action and some more of the Sens prospects. Still waiting to hear who's starting in goal. It'll either be Mad Sogard or Kevin Mandelazy. Both those guys had to quarantine. So if you're goalie, get the stretcher out, get the foam roller out, and be ready to go tonight. We'll be ready for our show tomorrow as well. Thanks so much for listening. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.